obviously I wasn't here last week because I managed to get into the beautiful nation of Zimbabwe. And uh, just a quick feedback, we had, we had an incredible time, an absolutely incredible time. You know, so the company of prophets were invited to a, a, a conference of leaders from around Zimbabwe to kind of contend for their nation. Uh, I don't know, and I've been around in church circles for a long time, in a lot of intense prayer meetings and a lot of intercessor prayer meetings where people's faces are like, ah, you know, they're like, ah, kind of stuff. But man, we contended for a nation like I've never before with a group of just 120 people. There wasn't a lot of people in this big hall. But uh, the prayer and intercession and worship intercession that took place over those few days, there was without a doubt, with a prophetic kind of operating and speaking things, I felt things, we felt, we knew things shifted over that country, without a doubt. And that's where we win the battle first. We win in the spiritual realm. So we got to pray over a guy who is the um, vice chair of the Evangelical Church Alliance in Zimbabwe, and he was meeting with the president the next day. And he had an assignment, he had a mandate to go and speak with a group of people to say, and, and I, we said to him, you're not going to just speak, you're going to be decreeing and declaring things as you speak. These words will carry power of the anointing of the Lord. And on the Friday night, I dreamt of the snake that was wrapped around this like pole, whatever it was. And in the dream, the tight hold of the snake loosened. And I was like, we've taken ground in the spirit here. God has given us territory. It might not look like it, but we have to be in faith and trusting what God does for us. And ground has been taken. So it was, it was absolutely amazing to be invited into that environment. I think the lady who heads up that ministry, threshing floor, I think they call it threshing floors, floor. I think we might get her here to come and teach us how to pray. She will, she will impart something to us. That, uh, that, because when we finish a meeting, the husband goes, please don't ask Priscilla to pray. Okay, because if she prays, we're not going to leave. Okay, she's, don't ask her to pray for the meal. Someone else pray for the meal, because when she prays, and she just gets caught up with heaven, and she, you can see she doesn't pray from her own words. She partners with heaven, and there was this partnering with heaven over these few days that we saw God do incredible things over that country. Folks, we need to contend for our nation. We need to fight in the spirit for our country. Yes, you sign your... DRSA things, and you make your mark, you make your stand, but we stand believing God that things are shifting. Things are shifting in this hour, in this time. And the word I felt that I went there to Zimbabwe with to ask the question, what time is it? What time is it? And it's God's time. That's what it is. God is moving. He's shaking. He's shaking. All the things are being exposed all over the place because He's shaking because it's God's time. He's arising with His people to kind of stand in this time and this hour. So... Very, 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 very encouraging. Thank you for, I know many of you prayed for us while we were there, but actually if, if there was ever a trip, you would say successful. Mission, trip, successful. Uh, we took ground. It was, it was beautiful. So amazing. We'll have more connection, I'm sure, in the time over there. But um, what I want to do today is talk a little bit, and I'm going to need some volunteers in a moment to kind of get through here, and it won't be long now, but I wanna, we want to pray for some people. Just at the end, I got a call from Claire um, Fredericks yesterday that Neville who often sits there in the middle and, well, does sit there in the middle, had a bad turn this week with stuff. And uh, just to, we want to pray for him specifically, but also just keep releasing healing over people's hearts and minds. That word, dream that I had in the beginning of the year, the spirit of infirmity, where the enemy is latched onto weak minds and he's latched onto weak bodies with illness and sickness and he's crippling you and he's crippled. That spirit of infirmity is being loosened more and more over us. We are taking ground and what the enemy's bound us by is being loosened. Why? Because we are reformers. 
We are a people that bring reformation. We are a people that carry the change. You carry it. It's not all here within these four walls. It's where we all leave from here, and you carry reform in your heart. You carry change. You carry a, a transformation that we bring to society. You guys carry. We all carry that. You know, I went in my lane to go to Zimbabwe, and we saw change. We saw God set an order. God will set an order over your spheres of influence. And what we're doing here today is honoring all the generations, honoring our cultures, honoring who we are as a people that makes up the family of God. And it is, it is a beautiful thing to celebrate. And I want to release and pray over reformers today, that you go and carry the fire of God. If I remember what I said there, that you'd run with horses and that you carry the fire of God to each generation. That my kids grow up knowing the goodness of God. They know who Jesus is. They understand His ways, His voice. He speaks to them. Ella is already a dreamer. She's already dreaming stuff. God is showing her and speaking to her stuff. So we nurture that. We build that up in her so that she hears God's voice clearly and understands. Okay, I'm going to be 10, 15 minutes. I need five or six volunteers. They can be of any age, okay? They can be of any shape, size, or form, okay? But um, I'm needing somebody, I haven't asked yet, but uh, I'm, I'm going to ask you, but uh, just wait, I'll, I'll tell you, now. I, I thought of Liam, is he around, is he in here? Liam, come here bud, I need you, I need Liam, Liam is going to read the story, okay, thanks bud, Liam you're going to read the story for me, okay, is that okay, thanks buddy, so what I need, volunteers, I need somebody to read the story, I need someone who is going to represent, it's a story from... Um, 1 Kings 13, someone who's going to be the old prophet. Okay, come stand with me, but I'm going to get you to read the story here. I'll show it to you now. No. Who's going to be the old prophet? Okay. Stephen, you, want, you can volunteer again. You want to be the old prophet. Okay. Who, the old prophet who jumped off the stage. I'm going to need someone who is going to be the prophet of Judah. Okay, if you read that passage there, it doesn't give their names. It just tells the old prophet... But you need to come on stage. If you're going to be my volunteer, I need, I need you here. Someone who's going to be the prophet of Judah. Judah, yes. That's what I thought. Yes. The prophet of Judah. Anyway, the story ends badly for you, but anyway, that's fine. Okay. Okay, I'm going to need two donkeys. Now, Sharon, you no, but you volunteered, but okay. Oh, are these the two donkeys? Are you going to be a donkey? Okay, you can also, you know what you're going to be? You're going to be the lion. No, I'm a donkey. What people are there? What people are there? What is there? What is there? Where? What is the story? Is there, were there where? What do you mean? You're going to, is the story? The story. Are we going to read the story now? The story is coming. It's a story about an old prophet. Ken, what is a prophet? Someone who asks Jesus. Yeah, someone who hears the voice of God and tells the people what God says, eh? Mm. So you two girls are going to be the donkeys, buddy. You are going to have to be my lion. No, I'm okay, donkey. you're going to have to be the lion. Donkey. Okay, donkey. all right. If you don't work with me, we're not going to be able to do this. So you're going to have to be. What's in the story? Can you work with me? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. There we go. Thank you. Okay. All right. So I need you now to be. We're going to read the story. Okay. From. Uh, Okay, just to give you a little bit of a backup, I'll tell you when to read from verse 11. Okay, and I'm going to read from the message translation. Okay, just to give some backup of the story here. Okay, now you guys are going to have to move around. So the lion needs to come and stand over here, hiding behind the bush. Okay, lion hiding behind the bush. Okay, you, my girl, you are the old prophet's donkey. 
You go and stand in front of the old prophet. You are the prophet of Judah's donkey. Okay, so you stand over there. Careful now the lion's hiding behind the bushes. Just to give you a little backup, this is the story of one of the kings, Jeroboam. Okay, in the Old Testament, he was one of the kings of Israel. Unfortunately for him, it says, and he did evil in the eyes of the Lord. Okay, so what he decided and what he did, he changed dates of when the new year was. He just did things his own way, worshipped Baal, set things in order, set things in place how he wanted to. And he also had a, a left arm that was lame, that he couldn't move. Okay, and unfortunately, that is the king that we're doing now. So when we speak about the old prophet, you will be representing the old prophet. And there's your donkey. Okay, you will be the prophet of Judah when these words come up. So Liam is going to read us the story, and we're going to hey, just read the end of the chapter. Okay, we're going to get, it's not, it's not too much, you've, you've read some stuff in class before, I'm sure you've done that, eh? Yeah. Okay. All right, so Stephen, come with me. Go for it, Liam, let's go. Okay, follow the story. There was an old prophet who lived in Bethel. His sons came and told him the story of what the holy man had done that day in Bethel, told him everything that had happened and what the holy man had said to the king. Okay, so what had happened there was, okay, the holy man was called a prophet, had been called to the king, and he came and, and basically said to him, if you don't obey God, the altar here that you have built is going to shatter, okay, before God. And it's going to prove that you are going to be destroyed by God if you don't obey him. The prophet was speaking truthfully. What happened? The altar shattered, and he called, catch that man, the old prophet. Catch him. He wanted to arrest him because he wanted to sort him out. And as he called him, he couldn't reach out for him because his arm was lame. The old prophet prayed for him, and his arm became healed. Okay, so it's quite ridiculous. Okay, there we go. Carry on the story. Their father said, which way did he go? His sons pointed out the road the holy man from Judah had taken. He told his sons, saddle my donkey. When they had saddled it, he got on and rode after the holy man. Okay, so let's just get the order right here quickly. The old prophet lived in Bethel. Sorry, this, the prophet of Judah, came to Bethel. This is the guy that declared and said, look here, your altars here, all that kind of stuff. He bailed. He, he left, okay? So Jude, you left town. Okay, keep reading there, Liam. On his donkey. <laughs> he found him sitting under an oak tree. Okay, so you went looking. So he saddled up his donkey and he went out of town and he went looking for that guy. Okay, keep going. He asked him, are you the holy man who came from Judah? Yes, I am, he said. Well, come, come home with me and have a meal. Sorry, I can't do that, the holy man said. I can neither go back with you nor eat with you in this country. I'm under strict orders from God. Don't eat a crumb, don't drink a drop, and don't come back, don't come back the way you came. Okay, so there now, this old prophet is trying to say to the prophet of Judah, say, look here, what you did there, why don't you come back to my house and come and have some food with us, bring a donkey, and we'll chat. And the line, the line of Judah prophet, close. The prophet of Judah said, no, no, I'm under strict instruction. God has told me not to come and eat bread, water, or go back in the same direction. I need to go in another direction. Okay, keep going. But he said, I'm also a prophet, just like you. And, a, and an angel came to me with a message from God. Bring him home with you and give him a good meal. But the man was lying. So the holy man went home with him, and they had a meal together. But there's the key. 
So Stephen, the old prophet, says, but I'm also a prophet. And the Lord told me, an angel of the Lord came to visit me and said, look, yeah, you can actually come to my house. Right, so come back to your house, Stephen, with, the, with your donkey, and you're bringing it back to your home, and now you guys are going to have a meal together, okay, and he's sitting back in the town of Bethel where he should have gone back the other way, but what does it say there? He lied to him. He lied, okay? Thanks, bud. Keep going. They were sitting, they, there they were, sitting at the table together, when the Lord of, of God came to the prophet who had brought him back. He confronted the holy man who had came from Judah. God's word, word to you. You disobeyed God's command. You didn't keep the strict orders your God gave to you. You came back and sat down to a good meal in, a very pl- in, in the very place God told you. Don't eat a crumb. Don't drink a drop. For that you're going to die far from home and not be buried in your ancestral tomb. Okay, now there's a bit of contradiction here. This guy's sitting at the table and goes, Alas, God has just showed me that actually you've disobeyed God. But he, actually, he lied to him and invited him to his house. And he said, Now because of that, because you disobeyed God, you're going to die very far away away from home. Sounds a bit contradictory and hypocritical in being a prophetic voice, right? Sorry about that, Stephen, not judging you personally, brother. No. When the meal was over, the prophet who had brought him back settled his donkey for him. Down the road, down the road, down the road away, a lion met him and killed him. Okay, pause there. A lion met. Okay, you're a lion. You met. You bit him, and basically he died and laid on the side of the road. And so, <laughs> I, to, I, to, I told you it didn't end well for you, buddy. So you can you can sit here, and then the lion and the donkey stand either side of him. Okay, keep reading there, bud. His corpse lay crumbled on the road, the lion on one side and the donkey on the other. Some passerby saw the, cor- the corpse in, in a head on the road, with the lion standing guard beside it. They went to the village where the old prophet lived and told what, and told what they had seen. When the prophet who had gotten him off the track heard it, he said, It's the holy man who disobeyed God's strict orders. God turned him over to the lion who knocked him around and killed him, just as God had told him. Okay, so this guy said, sure. Just as I said what happened, he's been killed on the road because he disobeyed God and now he's lying on the ground. Now this prophet who's in the town, the old prophet, okay, he's going to respond. The prophet told his son, saddle my donkey. They did it. He rode out and found the okay, corpse. Wh- in which the I always he- think there now, you saddled up your donkey and he rode out of town. You know, the picture you get is, he leaves, no, it was like a donkey going, plunk, plunk, plunk. <laughs> Slowly out of town, you're going to go and look and see the prophet lying on the ground next to the lion and the donkey, okay? Keep reading. He rode it out and found the corpse in a, head, in a heap in the road, with the lion and the donkey standing there. The donkey hadn't bothered, bothered either the corpse, or the, the lion hadn't bothered either the corpse or the donkey. The old prophet loaded the corpse on, of the holy man on his donkey and returned it to his own town to give it, to give it a descent burial. He placed the body in his own tomb. The man mourned, saying, A sad day, brother. After the funeral, the prophet said to his sons, When I die, bury me in the same tomb where the holy man is buried. My bones alongside his bones. The message that 
he preached by God's command against the altar at Bethel and against all the sects and religion shrines in the towns of Samaria, Samaria yeah. will come true. Okay, we can leave it there. Okay, so basically he takes that, the, the prophet that's been killed back to his hometown and buries him in his tomb and says to his sons, look, when I die, put my bones on his bones. Okay, because he clearly realizes what he's done there. So let's give you guys a great hand. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Awesome. Thanks, my buddy. Thank you, Liam. Thank you, Judah. Sorry about the ending there, buddy. But uh, yeah. Yeah, we'll work on it. Yeah. Okay, I wanted, to, I wanted to paint the picture there for you all to see okay, how it plays out and how that verse ends there. It says, And after this happened, Jeroboam kept right on doing evil recruiting parties for the forbidden shrines indiscriminately. Anyone who wanted to be, uh, to be a priest could be at the, one of the local shrines. This was the root of Jeroboam's government, and it was the ruin of him. Okay, now the story is obvious, okay? It's quite simple in how it plays out today. But if we just summarize, if we just summarize what the story is saying, okay? Because one man lied, another man died, okay, for being disobedient. It kind of sounds, they're all, they're all lost out from this untruthfulness that played out between them in that point, okay? So it seems quite unfair for Jude, who played the prophet of Judah, that all he did was, the, oh, the Lord told you, okay, that it should be fine, that I should be able to go. So now I want to wrap up here on saying this, that the world, folks, is constantly telling you and constantly wanting you to agree with its narrative, yeah. with the way the world does things, okay, the way the world thinks, the way we do things, you need to conform and listen to our voice and do it the way we're saying. Okay, so what do we need to learn and know? We need to hear the voice of truth. Truth. Okay? The voice of truth. The voice of truth. We know where that comes from. See, the prophet, the prophet of Judah trusted the old prophet's words that they were truthful. And in the end, obviously, it didn't work out for him, and it became his downfall for following another voice that wasn't the voice of the Lord. So subtle that, eh? See that, eh? And how things played out for him, okay? So which highlights two things here. We need to, without a doubt, know the voice of truth. You need to know that. You need to teach your children to hear the voice of God for how he speaks to them, how they will start recognizing that voice. Because when you start recognizing that voice, anything out, out of that or counter to that or, or, or somehow different, they'll be like, mm, but it doesn't feel right, doesn't sound right, doesn't seem right. When you know truth. You know the whole story with counterfeit in the banks? They don't play with counterfeit money. They play with real money. Real, 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 over and over. Real money, real money. And they throw a counterfeit in. They go, well, there's something wrong with that one. You get to know the real, okay? The real voice of God. Then you can be able to discern and tell which is the counterfeit and which... How do you get to know the voice? Through the Word. Through speaking to Him, which is called prayer. But don't formalize it. Oh, Almighty God, I come to you. Talk, Father, Father. Jesus taught us how to pray. Read the Lord's Prayer. Pray those things, how beautiful it is. First things, we need to not doubt. Okay, we need to know. Without a doubt, we know the voice of truth. Firstly, the second thing is... We do what God says and not what man suggests. Those are key. Many people will suggest many things to you, eh? But why don't you do this? But God said just, I think, but try that. See if that works out. Whew. See, it just changed immediately. 
how quickly and how subtle that thing is. So all God, so, so when, I'm just going through this quickly. When God has told you something which requires your obedience, voices will appear to tempt you through lies, opinions, and deception to try and take you in another direction. There's always going to be a test. There's always going to be tempting, particularly with big things that God says. Then you will doubt, you wonder how things worked out. Sorry, this mic, Keith, it's, it's billowing for some reason. Oh, yeah, it's booming. Is it out the monitors? Take it out the monitors totally, eh? So he has two things. All God wants to do is for you to believe in the one that was sent, trust his voice, and obey it. That's it. Believe in the one that was sent. We said that verse the other night. Just believe. Just have faith to believe. Trust the voice that speaks to you and be obedient to it. And I promise you, you simplify your Christianity a whole lot. All the enemy wants is for you to doubt the voice and to doubt the one that was sent. Say, well, we've all asked that question, well, where are you, God? In these last years, where are you? Like, can you see what's happening in our world? But we don't doubt. We still have faith. We still trust and believe. He wants you to doubt on the one that was sent. He wants you to question his voice. But where are you? <laughs> you clearly, you're not coming through for me. I've asked of you. Question his voice, and then you disobey. And you walk into your own plans and own things of God. So what he will do, he will lead you into rationalizing and you talk to yourself about something. So here's an example. If God says, um, Sheldon, give Stephen 1,000 rand. Okay? So what I will do is I will question that. If I doubt the voice that speaks to me, I'll say, well, maybe he doesn't need the 1,000 rand. I mean, he looks okay. That's a lovely shirt he's wearing there. Maybe, uh, you sure he needs 1,000 rand? We question it. I mean, that's a lot of money, eh? Um, I want to part with a thousand rand. I mean, that's a lot of money I've got to give away. We're questioning, we're rationalizing in our own selves, okay? I don't think you need it, okay? A thousand rand. He doesn't need it. Please, man. Should be right. And then someone else says these words to you like, sure. Money's tight right now. I mean, just the way the economy is going, the way things are working out, I think we need to hold on to our savings, and just, just hold, because you never know what's going to play out in your mind. You go, hmm, no, you're right there. Can't part from that money and the thousand rand there. That's ridiculous. And you rationalize your way out of it, and then you say, well, see, lords, see, I mean, where things are at now, I couldn't part with that money. All he's asking you to obey. He's not asking you for what it looks like or the outcome of it. And it's hearing that voice of truth. It's truth. It's only truth. He will never lie to you. He will never ask you to do something that's beyond your ability to do. He will always put something in your hand to see and, uh, as a test of your faithfulness. Say, right, let's do this. Because if he trusts you with a little, he will trust you with more. And when you get to Colin's age and you're in your 80s, and that thing when you learn to be trusted with a little is a whole lot more now because of just time. But when you were a teenager and you, I don't know, you got saved later in life, but you know when you were growing up and those times in your life and that you started learning then. And you do that over and over and over, and obedience becomes a natural process that you live with the things of God. See, obeying the voice of the Father requires faith. It requires faith to hear His voice. And we see how that story played out. The lie basically destroyed another guy's life, but he was putting trust in that person. Okay? Okay, and when you think about the disciples... And what's happening in the church today is there's such an arising of us standing for our voices and this, this urge and this, as I keep saying, this revolution of righteousness and justice that is arising today in this hour. We're kind of saying, you know what? We only obey the king. 
all these voices, all these things that are demanding of us. That's why the disciples could stand in front of the Sanhedrin after they've been told, hey, hey, stop preaching. We've asked you guys to stop, stop preaching. No, we don't obey you. We obey God. And we're not looking for a fight, but the kingdom that we live in and the kingdom that we are part on is way above this world. And God's putting us in that corner. He's teaching us of what that is to hear His voice. So when He's saying to us, church, one more push. Church, get your house in order. Hey, we thought I'd forgotten about that. That's still on the cards, folks. Get your house in order. Passover is in two weekends' time. Okay, and God's been speaking to us clearly about this. And if we are living untruthful lives, the first person you lie to is yourself. Your first person you're conning is yourself. And then all the other voices, if you are conned yourself, you will be swayed by the voices and your stability will be unfirm. Standing on the, that one voice that will bring you truth and will bring you clarity, okay? And we must be aware of what we're, we're living in this season now. The enemy is trying to, con, um, trying to get you um, contracted into those who will disarm, who distract and derail you. I have a number of distractions that I've had in the last few weeks to try and draw all my attention and effort to has been numerous. And I'm like, no, we don't have to respond to it. God's voice is bigger. I don't have to respond to that stuff. People's opinions about how this church and how things, people outside, not, not saying you guys, please, no. It's outside here with opinions coming in. Really? Who are you? I'm sorry. I don't obey your voice. I obey the voice of God's. And where we're going and what's happening here is part of God's journey that he's got us on. And we have clear consciences and we're walking forward in what the things of God is doing for us. I wanted to show you two quotes quickly. The uh, Bella, if you can put those up quickly. Uh, funny, this, these passages of verses that came up came up quite a few weeks ago for me. And I just put it down for the 3rd of April, and it happened to be family day. So I said to Joe, we'll just incorporate it all together. These are two quotes that we did for, I did for Company of Prophets that we put on the website. But they're very key for what we are. Just go to the first one. Uh, yeah, this is the first one. Sorry. And let's read it. Truth is not centered on your academic prowess your psychological insight, your, your emotional intelligence, or even your opinion. That is not truth. Rather, it is centered in the knowing and acknowledging that God became man, and the man Jesus Christ has shown us a better way, a better life, and He is the truth. If you want to know truth, know Jesus. All the voices that are speaking to you, the lies that are coming at you, trying to persuade you, just like that prophet in the good intention of his heart. No, well, the angel told me, you come and have a meal with me. What ended up? His disobedience led him to death. And he ended up dying far away from home and not in any order that God has done. How many Christians are spiritually dead because they followed the lies of people persuading them to say, no, man, come here, man. Let's be with us rather, man. Come here. But God told you to go there. And these voices and opinions and that thing have drawn you aside. You are spiritually dead and not walking in the fullness and the obedience where God's called you to be. Amen. Second one there, Bella, please. It's a longer one, okay? How we as ambassadors of the kingdom, Zach, so living with vulnerability and authenticity as kingdom ambassadors for God will not carry power, authority, and impact if it's not truthful. Think of those three things, power, authority, and impact. We want to change the world. Okay, it won't change anything if it's not truthful. Okay, truthfulness will come from the place of your spirit, not your soul. Okay, listen carefully what it's saying here. Soul leading will be emotional. It'll stir people's thinking. 
They'll be impressed. Wow, sure, very good. And leave an impression on those that you're in contact with, but it will never and will not bring lasting change or impact to the lives of, to your life or theirs if it's stuck in the soulish realm. People will just leave feeling impressed and, oh wow, that's quite a lot of insight. Sure, that's amazing, but it won't bring change if it's from the soul. When living from the place of your spirit, it will be soaked in wisdom and truth. This will flow from a clear conscience as your words and the position of your heart bring about a deeper communion and lasting change between you and the people in your life. We as believers have been called to be truthful. You cannot be truthful if you live from the place, not that your soul lies, but your spirit is the place you, it cannot lie. Your spirit is Jesus. It will be truthful. And like I say, the one person that you're conning is yourself. If you're hearing all sorts of the voices and you're taking those voices as opinions thinking they could be right, if it doesn't line up, if it doesn't line up to who Jesus is, what I often think when we talk and we have conversations of how they might work out, if Jesus was sitting at the table, what would he say? What would he comment on what's being playing out? Truthfulness comes from the, the Jesus that you, has saved and rescued you and comes flowing within. It'll leave peace. It'll leave a communion of love between people and working it out. So what voices are you listening to? And there's only one voice. One voice by the Spirit of God that'll bring you clarity, that'll bring you life, that'll bring you peace, that'll bring you wholeness. And then we can say, like it says in 1 John 3, that it may go well with you and that your soul may prosper. It's not soul first and then hopefully my spirit follows. We are led by the Spirit. Okay? So we've got to awaken ourselves. Summarize. Let us learn to know the voice of God. Let us learn to obey the voice of God. Let us live in truthfulness to ourselves and to others. What I want to do is before we, as we wrap up here this morning, I want to pray over a few people. Firstly, the healing rooms guys will be available to pray for people here after this meeting. Okay, if you need healing in your body, and, and take this seriously, that old spirit of if, um, infirmity that, that, that's, that you are struggling, you're coming up against, you want healing, you want, you want God to touch your life, there will be a group of people here ready to pray with you after the meeting today. So please come gather there. But I want to specifically pray over people this morning. And I don't know why, but Michelle Rockhill, you kept coming up as I was thinking about praying for reformers, you know, and what you're doing is you, you are a reformer in heart. What you're establishing here through Siakula and the clinic and stuff is not just a good thing that Michelle would love to do and it would be a great thing for the community. No, she's bringing kingdom reform to a people that have been destitute and forgotten and kind of like, well, hope for the best. We're bringing answers and solutions to help people. And I want to pray over you. And I just feel there's other people that are in environments like this where reform is a thing in your hearts, but you're so bombarded by the society and bombarded in your workplace, your family, with these constant voices that are coming at you. And you've really got to stand firm and strong. The only way you can stand firm and strong is by knowing you're part of a community that is above and beyond all the other voices. And that you know you belong and you're part of what God is doing. And I want to pray for those folk who, who face this every day. It's a constant fight for truth in your workplace or it's a constant fight at university. It's a constant fight at school. And there's this constant barraging because here's the thing, folks. We need to understand and we're teaching our children. You are set apart. 
Okay, the ecclesia are a set-apart people. We don't conform. We, let's read Romans 12 too. By the view of God's mercy, offer your bodies as a living, living sacrifice. Conform no longer to the pattern of the world. Pattern is thinking, culture, the way the world lives. Don't conform to that pattern, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. How you think about your position and who you are as a child of God. I want people to stand. If you feel that bombarding with truth and you've got to stand up and devour, I want to pray courage over your hearts today. I want to release God's heart of you. And I just, I just feel the prayer of you, Michelle. I know you were the only one that came up, but we're on the brink of something happening here that is bringing reform. And we've got pioneers with you know, Errol and Tracy and, 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 and Anton Lana that have run ahead of us and pioneered things. Come on, who's pioneering something? Who's, who's bringing reform? Come on, we'll stand. Stand, we're going to pray over you. Okay, you're bringing reform. Bringing, yes, hallelujah, bringing change. You can't do this on your own. You need the backing and the power of a community and people to stand with you. That's right. Look at, look at us, folks. Here we go. Come on. Yeah, come on, let's just lift our hands to him. God is with us this morning, folks. He's speaking to us. He's speaking to us. Father, I want to thank you. Come on, let's reach out our hands to those that are standing, that, are, that have got a heart to bring this reform and change. Father, we thank you. We thank you, Jesus, that there are many that are standing with an unction in their hearts. Father, use me. Use me for change. Use me for change. Sorry, just turn the keyboard down in the monitor. Just turn it out if you can. Key, thanks. Father, we thank you that you're doing a deep work in our hearts. I thank you for everyone that's standing here today that has got a, a drive inside of them for righteousness and justice. And so, Father, as we stand as reformers of your kingdom with truthfulness, truly flowing from the place of our spirits, Father, I pray your anointing would be upon them. I pray every scheme and lie of the enemy would be shattered and broken over their hearts and their lives. I pray, Lord, the courage of, of the kingdom of heaven would, would infuse their hearts to walk up against the schemes and the things of the enemy, all those lies, all the opposition, all the voices that come and trying to hinder. Father, we break and we shatter those as we speak life and we speak truth over every one of these hearts, that you will arise, young warrior, mighty warrior, as he said over Gideon, you mighty man of valor, mighty man of valor, you arise. You stand with your kingdom ambassadorialship and know you have the answers of truth carried inside of you. And I release that over every heart here this morning. I pray, Jesus, that we arise as these reformers in every part of our society. We leave here knowing that we are part of a community that love you, but we go out, Lord, carrying the change. I pray everyone we come in contact with this week touches the love of God. I see you, Landy. When you touch someone's hair, you just release the life of God over that body and life. As you are working in different environments, that you release the love of God. You release the power of God over their hearts and their lives. Then the seeds of your words would bring about change in their hearts and their lives. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we pray, raise us up. Raise us up in this time. Thank you, Jesus. Let's just pray in the Spirit a little bit. Let's just pray in the Spirit. We're going to catch this, what God is doing with us. Hallelujah. It all comes from the place of truth, truthfulness. We dispel lies. That's right. Come on, arise. Arise, arise, people. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Release your life. That's right. Come on, release your life. Pray out in the Spirit. Pray it out. Can we get caught up? We get caught up. We're on heaven's assignment. Heaven's assignment. For this week, you go out in power. You see change. You see transformation. 
You see reform taking place. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. 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 Now speak over every one of you that I know for some of you that the voices have been so loud speaking to you that are lies and have bombarded you. I say arise. Arise in that truth. I pray it rises up inside of you and you say, no, 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 no. And you're not looking for a fight. You're just holding your line. You're holding your line saying, no, I will not compromise. I will not compromise on truth. I release that over you this morning. That you arise with courage in your hearts as we stand. Folks, there's a fight on our hands. And it's the fight for truth. And those lies, we just dispel them. And you don't follow the lies, you follow the truth. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Come, let's all stand together and honor him. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, Father, we just honor you this morning. We thank you that we are taking ground for your kingdom. I pray of every one of us. Now, we leave this place and we go into the world and we face circumstances. We face people. We face situations. Father, we thank you that you promised us that your spirit would never leave us. You are the great counselor. You are for us and you're with us in every way. Folks, I want to say over you, no matter what you're facing, our God is greater. No matter what you're coming up against, our God is greater. And I, and I, and I declare over you, hold your line. Hold your stand. And it felt at times the enemy is trying to push you over, but you just stood firm. Go and read Ephesians 6. It's all, not really a lot about fighting. It's about standing. Stand. Stand your ground. Let's shout that together. Stand. Stand. Stand, therefore. Stand, therefore. Amen. 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 Thank you. Thank you for... Thank you for bearing with us on a family day, which is a bit of chaos, but God proved himself strong. Have an amazing week. Bless you. Bless you. Bless you.